Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Then we saw the specialist right after that test, and basically he told us there was little to no retinal response in either the light or the dark. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carly. How are you? Good. How are you? Happy day. I feel like we just talked, like yesterday. I know. Full disclosure, (laughs) we're doing this intro a week early. Yes. And so we're not entirely sure how to talk about our weeks that haven't happened yet. Somebody has plans. Okay. Listen, when your lady lover has a birthday... Everyone just said unsubscribe. It is because you said lover, lady lover. Ooh, you know. yikes! Uh, it is Lindsay's birthday. Happy birthday on May thirty first. So and she just <laughs> and she just got a new job. Yeah, and so we. I am whisking her away. Whisk. Whisking her away to um, a condo, an Airbnb in Canmore, Cute. which is a little mountain town here in Alberta. Oh, mountain town. And we're going to go on a big hike mm-hmm. and be gay together. We're just going to be gay. <laughs> so we're going to do the things that we okay, want. Okay. Okay. Anyway, okay. this is a family rated show <laughs> that her mom listens to. So, yeah. So, anyway, because. Wait, you're just going to wear flannels and go for hikes mm-hmm. and wear hiking boots. A hundred percent. And adopt cats. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. And, and maybe build something. Maybe we'll build something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, like, pick up an Ikea furniture set go. ahead of time. There you go. So, I don't know. So, we're going to do that. So, I just didn't. I don't think we're going to have time to record an intro mm-hmm. prior to this episode starting. We are very busy. God, we are busy. We have some really exciting interviews coming up. I mean, I don't think we've ever stopped having exciting interviews, Carling. Yeah, that's true. There's never been an interview that I was like, mer, mer. But No, it's just been awesome. I mean. So what do you have coming up this week? Uh, my kids are going back to school. Woo-woo! What noise do you make? Bow, bow. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> that's very exciting. Uh, They're excited, except for Kate. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you're in grade It's because she has to wake up earlier. Yeah. And she likes to sleep. Yeah. Um, so that's happening. I work. Yeah. Mm, I'm off Wednesday, so I'm going to, I don't know, do some stuff around the house. Yeah. We are recording this today on Monday, May 24th. May 2-4. And what? It, what does that mean? I think it's an alcohol reference. May 2-4. Do you drink a 2-4 of alcohol? I thought it was a 2-6. <laughs> and anyways once again, what we know is that it's victoria day in the yes, states yes no <laughs> no <laughs> we have learned it is memorial day in the states victoria day in canada yes. and we are gonna have a little movie night with you and your kids and Lindsay and her kids yeah and I think we need to pick a movie that we all watched as kids yes i i think we should watch sister act I think Sister Act or Sister Act 2 or Newsies. Ooh, Newsies. Newsies is so good. Oh, Rise man. and seize the yeah. day. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get some popcorn, some pizza. I got some cotton candy. Yeah. We're going to get them all sugared up before school tomorrow. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but it's like a really rainy day. It is. It's a very dreary, rainy day. We haven't really done anything for the long weekend. There was nothing to do. Everything's yeah. closed. Everything's closed. And, and it's the weather's raining. crap. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, Lindsay and I needed to walk dogs today, whether mm-hmm. because dogs need exercise, whether it's raining or not. Mm-hmm. And so we walked from my house to Starbucks and back in the rain. Nice. Yeah, it was it was nice. Like it wasn't raining so so. I mean, it was raining a lot, but we yeah. each had an umbrella, and the dogs got soaked. But well, it was like a nice whatever. little three kilometer walk. Well, that's good. Yeah. I I 
ran this I know. Morning. I'm really proud of you. I have not run since December. Has it been that long? Yeah. I've done other things. I mean, definitely not every day you like I was running. But I did get a trampoline. And I have a spin bike. Yeah. But I decided that I was going to start my couch to 5K again. Good for you. I want to work more on my, like, uh, pacing. Mm-hmm. And get a little bit faster. Yeah. And work a little bit better on my, like, form. Yeah. So I don't really know how to, like... Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I have the best form. Do you want me to chase you? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> tell me on I, bike. Tell though. me if I look okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's definitely different when you're running on a trampoline. A trampoline? Oh, my God. I was like, why? <laughs> I am not running on a trampoline. <laughs> I'm running on a treadmill. I am going to have to insist that we make a video of you running on the play on the spot in your I have tiny... run on it on the trampoline. Okay, well you're gonna have. have to prove it. I will. And prove you know it what? Everyone is very shocked that I do not pee my pants when I jump on a trampoline. I was trying to think of a way to ask you that without being offensive. I am not offended because I don't do it. Wow. There we go. Wow. That's that's something that I can brag about. <laughs> My pelvic floor is. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, this week I am not running because I don't run. But Well, I'm going to chase you. <laughs> <laughs> that is my biggest fear. I, I know. hate being chased. But can I tell you how cute you look when you are being chased? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> like I just scream and panic and like. That, like. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It's yeah. like a little like bouncy, like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't know. I have to work all week. Well, like I have to work. No, I have tomorrow off. Oh yeah. I have Tuesday off. I'm gonna help doing some photos at Sleepover. We're doing a photo shoot. You're gonna help doing? I'm gonna help do a photo <laughs> shoot at Sleepover, and then I really just work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Awesome. And so, I and then we Tuesday, go to Canmore. Yeah. We're going to Canmore? No, I mean... <laughs> anyway, this episode today that you're about to listen to is with Melissa. Yes. And she's got an Instagram page called Happiness is Blind. Mm-hmm. And she was so stinking sweet. So sweet. And she's local. Yeah, she's in Calgary. Which is not common these days for us to interview someone local. Yeah, we don't actually have a lot of local people that we've Except reached Except we do to. have some people coming up. Yeah. For Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. And so her story, she was just really nice to interview. Amazing. And I just love her outlook on life. And even though, you know, her family has some challenges. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's great. So Melissa, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. And we, I don't know, I said we'd interview you in five years and get an update because I want to (laughs) know. So if we don't talk before then, we will talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Hello, Melissa. Hi. 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 How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. I get so excited when we talk to somebody who lives in the same city as us because yeah. it's the same same time zone. I don't know. It feels like I don't know. It's rare. We don't talk to a lot of people from the city that we live in. Yeah. True. Yeah. Neither have I actually. Most places, <laughs> most podcasts and stuff are from somewhere else that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we get into it and maybe if you can introduce yourself and talk about who you are, what you do, and maybe a bit about your family. Sure. My name is Melissa. I grew up in Calgary, actually, so I've lived here forever. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's rare. That's That's rare. Yeah. (laughs) I've always been here. I have three kids, a husband, and we had our youngest son, who's two. He has a genetic condition called Lieber congenital amaurosis. And oh, that was wow. why I started the page is for him and to connect with others because obviously most people have never heard of that before. I never heard uh, of it until he got it. So uh, to connect with other families, that's why I started it. And yeah, I used to be a social worker before I had kids. So oh my God, advocacy is kind of something I've always been interested in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. What side of social work did you work in? I was right before I went on maternity leave, I was working at uh, what would be the right It's a nonprofit that has low income housing for teenage moms. Oh, oh wow. okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And so how old are all three of your kids? 
Uh, my oldest daughter, Haley, is seven, and then our middle child, Charlotte, is three, and Timothy just turned two. Aww. Oh, wow. Awesome. And so he was born with this condition. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about what it is? So basically, both my husband and I have a change in a gene that is recessive, so it doesn't affect us, but when he got both copies of our recessive gene, so it damages the retina. So his eyes look normal and they look healthy, but the retina is damaged. So most kids who have it are born legally blind or close to legally blind. And then even if they have some vision, it'll deteriorate to complete blindness by their 20s generally. When did you know that he had it? We started going through diagnosis when he was about three months old. I think I started noticing his eyes were a little bit different around two months of age because they would jump around and I wasn't sure, even though I had just had a baby like a year and a half before, I was like, is this normal? I know babies do weird things. I don't know. Yes. Until yeah, they'll go like cross-eyed on you, right? Yeah. And you're like, what, what's what happening? I'm like, cross-eyed is normal. So yeah, I don't yeah. Know. yeah. So was the was the eyes jumping around, was that the first sort of inkling that there might be something wrong? Yeah, I think I searched it once because my mom had actually mentioned it to me. And I was like, oh, if somebody else thinks it's weird, then maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I Googled it and I think I actually found LCA, the shortened version of his condition. And I like... I had a bit of a panic moment of like, oh my God, what if he's blind? And then my husband was like, okay, you're overreacting. Like, he's fine. <laughs> so <Yeah>. then <laughs> I kind of just like left it. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's that's being dramatic of me. And then we went to the doctor on a regular checkup about a month later. And he thought he was having seizures and was like, you need to go to the hospital right now. Oh, so wow. it, it was stressful. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. It's so funny that has like... I feel like that's so typical of husbands to be like, it, everything's fine. Like you're, you're reading too much into it or you're worrying too much, but sometimes you just get that instinct, right? That there's something isn't right, especially because you have other, you know, older children, right? That you've just, you just went through all of that stuff with your other baby. Right. So you just like rush off to the hospital and what do they do? How do they like, I don't know. What does that look like? It was pretty intense that day, I would say, because. They took us to the back right away, like had us monitored constantly because they thought he was having like hundreds of seizures, I guess, with wow. his eyes looking around like that. And then we were in pretty quickly, like the next day to see a neurologist. We got an EEG done, I think is what it, yeah, we got two of those. Um, it was just kind of a lot in the span of about a week we had a ton of testing and not really a lot of answers yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so scary. And he's so little, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's really scary. And did you have somebody come stay with your other kids or did your husband have to go look after the uh, other two? Yeah. My husband stayed with the other kids and my sister was um, joining me at the hospital for all my appointments. <laughs> oh, that's oh, nice. Yeah. That's just like, it takes a village. When I hear about things like that and people don't have family or a big community around mm -hmm. them, like, I don't know how people do it. Yeah. Well, I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah. Was he otherwise a typical baby? Like, was he hitting all the milestones and doing everything else typical? Yeah. At that point, because, you know, like, they don't have a ton of milestones at three months. Like, just. Yeah. But, like, he was smiling and stuff. And so I think the first time we brought up a concern about his eyes, like, one of the doctors, they thought, mm, but he's smiling and that's not typical for a child who's blind to smile okay. at a young age because they're not excited by anything they see. How did you end up getting the diagnosis of the condition that he has? Um, our neurologist did refer us to the ophthalmologist at the hospital because she thought there could be something with his eyes, even though it seemed maybe not that way developmentally, but just with the way his eyes were moving and his EEG and his MRI that he had were normal. And then the ophthalmologist looked at him for about five seconds and wrote that down on a piece of paper and said, this is what I think he has, but you have to go see a different specialist in Edmonton. So, oh, God. Yeah. so and, I'm just picturing like, you've just had a baby. You're, mm -hmm. you know, obviously as a mother, like three months postpartum, you're getting no sleep. You're, you have other young children that you're you're trying to take care of and the stress of maybe something being wrong with your baby I, I I can't imagine that so how are you in that moment is it just kind of like 
let's just get this figured out and you're in survival mode? I think I was in panic mode the first week. (laughs) And then when we finally got to the ophthalmologist and he wrote that down, I was more in a sense of relief because thinking that my child was having hundreds of seizures a day made me think like, wow, something bad is going to happen. Like, what if I don't get to keep my child very long Uh, because of this? And then to know that he had something that wasn't going to affect his um, lifespan was a relief. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's true. There's often we talk so to a lot of parents who've had kiddos with different diagnoses and it's almost diagnoses, diagnoses, diagnoses. Um, And there's a relief that comes when you finally get the name of something to explain the mystery of what's been going on. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so did you before you could get to Edmonton, which is about three hours away to see the specialist, did you do a lot of Googling? Um, I did a lot of Googling. We actually didn't get to see the specialist for three and a half months after that appointment. Whoa. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you just had th- this piece of paper that the doctor said, I think it might be this, but that was yeah. it. That's it. Oh, man. That sounds awful. Wow. Yeah. And I feel it, like it a WebMD would be my biggest nightmare because <laughs> yes. I'd be like, okay, well, it's obviously like yeah. I would just spiral. Yeah. I think what I did is I did a lot of Googling and I thought, you know what? This sounds like what it is. So I'm just going to like, I'm going with this. I'm going to stick with this until someone tells me anything different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably a good plan. And did you, did you find yourself paying more attention to like signs or symptoms that it might be this to sort of confirm it? Like just, I don't know what that would look like, but just Um, when watching him. I think like for a good month, I would say until I got to be a little bit more accepting, I would spend Mm -hmm. like at least a solid hour or two, even a day trying to get him to look at me. It was, it was a hard time. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Did you have a lot of people either trying to convince you that it was this or wasn't this? For the most part, people just accepted that it was that um yeah but I think that there's of course there was always little comments from people here or there where it's like oh but it looks like he just looked at this or right right he looks like he's my favorite one which not really my favorite but (laughs) (laughs) favorite one was after people knew anytime I'd post a picture on Facebook they'd be like oh but he's looking at the camera and I'm like his eyes were just directed that way when I took the picture yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well and I think there's well-meaning people who are trying to reassure you but then it also gets to the point where it's like no this is what it is yeah and let's move forward knowing this and and you know give him a good life yeah and so what what happened at the specialist what does that look like once you get Mm -hmm. there so we had to do a test called uh, ERG, and it was, they put these little, I don't know, like these little sensors, stickers under his eyes, and then they use this little camera and they shoot um, light, basically, into his eyes to oh. read the response of his retina. So you do it both in the light, and then you turn off all the lights and are in a blacked out room for 10 minutes and then do it again. Oh, Wow. So that just shows if his retina is responding. Then we saw the specialist right after that test. And basically he told us there was little to no retinal response in either the light or the dark. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how long, how long was that test? Sorry. Uh, it was, it took about 20 minutes. Okay. It wasn't long. It was just frustrating to try to do with a seven month old. <laughs> well, yeah. Because yeah. at that point they're, they're rolling around and. Well, yeah, there's no cooperation. Yeah. Cooperation. Yeah. I feel like getting even like a two year old to cooperate like, yeah. is yeah. hard. Yeah, for sure. So oh, it was not the most fun, but <laughs> it worked. And, and yeah. Yeah. And so once you get that confirmation, mm-hmm. what was that like? How do you move forward with that? What was your husband and you sort of reacting like? Um, I think it was at that point, it was fairly easy because we had really set ourselves there for the last few months. So it was just kind of like a confirmation of what we already knew. Yeah. Yeah. Could you find him getting frustrated um, as he was growing up that he couldn't see? Was he showing signs of a frustration that way? 
No, he never really, I'd say I find more signs now as he is a toddler and wants to do more and is also a lot more terrified to do more. (laughs) Yeah. As a baby where he was, he was such a happy baby. And was he, so when he was diagnosed, was he completely blind or did he have some vision? So basically what we've been told is that we will not know how much vision he has until he can tell us himself, but that they would assume based on his reactions to things and their tests that he has maybe a bit of peripheral vision and um, maybe some light perception, but no central vision because that is where most of the damage in the retina is right now. And is there a treatment for for this condition? So there is for one of the genes. It's caused by several different genes. One of the genes has a treatment called Luxterna, which they're still waiting for approval here in Canada, but you can get it in the States. But the gene that Timothy has does not have a treatment. Oh, okay. And was it just sort of the luck of the draw that your two older kids did not end up with this? Pretty much, yeah. Um, they told us. So basically, they after they did the ERG, they did blood work on Timothy to figure out, to confirm it with a gene. And then they did blood work on me and my husband to confirm that we both gave him that coffee. And so it's a 25% chance any child we would have would get that. Yeah. That is so interesting. You, yeah, you're walking around with the same gene and then you're <laughs> science man i don't know that's wild to me <laughs> so are, are there things like um occupational therapy or physical therapy that that timothy does so he does technically do physiotherapy i mean with covid it has been extremely yeah. limited <laughs> yeah but he does do physio and he also now is starting with speech and language pathology He doesn't see occupational therapy right now because he actually is on track with all of his fine motor skills, just his gross motor skills is what he's struggling with and with talking. And Mm -hmm. is the gross motor skills as a result of the condition or? Um, They think like they said he has a little bit of low muscle tone. So like Mm, that would make it a little bit more difficult, but it's mainly a result of the condition. He's just scared. Like he... Yeah. He really wants to walk, but he's too scared to let go and take a step, not knowing Absolutely. what's in front of him. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine that, that, that feeling, right? And you're so, you're just so young and so little and you want to yeah. be able to keep up with everybody. And yeah, because wow. you'd have the instinct of like, you would have the instinct of getting up and moving yeah. as just part of developing and growing, but without the help of your vision mm-hmm. and I ima- I don't know much about l- like how infants learn language but I imagine that your eyesight does play a big part in it because you have to be able to see the shape of the mouth and sounding out sounds like you hear you yeah. see teachers teaching sounds mm-hmm. and they they use a lot of visual cues yeah I think vision plays a huge part in learning to speak especially like yes you need to see how the mouth is moving and all of that, but also just to see what you're supposed to be talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. a bowl and a cup might not feel that different, but you can yeah. know the difference if you see them. So exactly. it makes it more difficult to explain. So how do you as parents, like, this is the other thing, like parents, there's no handbook on how to raise a kid, period. But then, I mean, there's probably a lot of books, but <laughs> you're just sort of like two people just decide to have a baby and then they just have a baby. But then to have a baby with special needs, where do you begin? Because you've just been parenting two, I would say, like typical yeah. kids. And now you have a kid that is different. I think that was hard for me at first, for sure, because I thought <laughs> this is my third kid. This is supposed to be my easy kid that I just, you know, yes. yeah. and get, like, you know, I've done this. It's fine. Yeah. And yeah. I got this big wrench in my, my thoughts of how this was going to go. Yeah, but absolutely. I think what helped in a sense is not knowing when he was born. I think that really helped me because mm. we created such like a normal bond with him that we would with any of our kids still, you know, like we were looking at him to talk. And I've heard a lot from doctors that 
sometimes parents who have a kid that's blind don't interact with them as much because they don't think that they need it the same way and they they do need it the same way (laughs) yeah and is there a lot of resources or support out there for I feel bad I just keep saying the condition because I cannot pronounce it what is the condition called again I would just call it LCA. That's easier. Okay. I like that. LCA. (laughs) So is there like an LCA organization or support network? There's some different ones. I mean, I've joined some Facebook groups. In the States, there is a condition called curing retinal blindness. And that was actually created by a mom who's has two sons who have the exact same gene as Timothy. I've met people through that. Yeah, there's things like that, or through CNIB, you can meet other parents. It might not be the same condition, but all with visual impairments, so it has similar features. Yeah. I always find it so interesting. Um, Like, I have five children, and they've all, you know, thankfully, there's been some some physio here and there when they're little, if they have um, torticollis or something like that, but but nothing any more than that. But these parents with... um, you know, children with conditions or, or medical, um, medical parents, the amount of things that you need to learn in such a short amount of time is, I, it's just, it seems like so, it seems like you're going back to school and you're learning yeah. about terms and you're learning about conditions and you're learning about genes and things that maybe will help and maybe won't. And um, it's just such a huge load on your plate of things that you need to learn once, once something like this is discovered. Yeah, it is a lot to learn, but in a way that, I don't know, I guess it depends on the type of person too. Like for me, that was almost nice to have something to do, something to do by throwing myself into learning about it. (laughs) Absolutely. I can, I can definitely see that. So what has it been like, what are the comparisons of raising an infant toddler with a special need versus one who's maybe more typical? Um, I think the main thing is just not that they don't grow as fast because they do, (laughs) but they do seem younger for longer when you're not, you know, making the same milestones. Whereas I look at my middle daughter and think she was 16 months old when we had Timothy and, you know, she was walking and talking and, you know, a little more self-sufficient where when Timothy was 16 months old, he wasn't even crawling yet. So we were, he was still needing such constant attention and constant, the need for a mom or dad to be carrying you around and doing everything for you. Yeah. 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 And were you given any tips on, I don't know if this is like a fair comparison, but if anybody watches, this is us. One of the characters has a baby who's blind And they sort of go through this whole thing where they say, like, when you're interacting with them, use a lot of descriptive words. So were you given any sort of tools like that of things to change in how you interact with him? Yeah, I think that was a common one that I was told, um, like with the CNIB or with other parents I talked to was, you know, explain everything you're doing, basically talk to them constantly as a way of trying to you know, teach them, but also for them to feel more secure. Um, Because if you're not talking to them, their day can seem pretty scary. If you're just here, I'm just going to pick you up and put you here and put you with this person, move you over there. And here's something that's going in your mouth and this and that, like, yeah, you're just kind of, it would be a little bit of a sensory overload. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how do your other children, um, because I could imagine that maybe he'd be fearful if he hears other kids, you know, running around or, or things like that. Is there something that you tell them to kind of be calm around him? Or do you want to just keep things as, you know, normal as possible for him? I think it's kind of starting to shift. Like when he was more of a baby, then it was okay. Like don't make loud noises. Cause he doesn't like that. Don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> All of that yeah. stuff of, okay, you need to be careful about how close you are. Don't just grab him without saying something and all of those things. But now that he's a little bit older and he is more willing to interact, I've kind of tried to let go of some of that a bit. And him and my oldest daughter will roll around on the floor and play and (laughs) they can be loud now and he's used to it. So I think 
Yeah. I don't know if that, if I should have allowed it earlier, but I was yeah, just trying right. to make the day peaceful for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can, and I mean, I can imagine if you're sitting there as a baby and someone just comes up and picks you up like that without, you know, warning, that's got to be a little bit jarring, right? For, for a baby. So I, I probably would have done the same thing, right? Like you want to them to be aware that you're there before you, you grab them or, or I already like feel bad for babies when they fall asleep and they're like in their house <laughs> and then they wake up and they're like in the, the stranger's house, house or at yeah. the doctor's house. Yeah. Like I already always feel so bad for babies that are like, I went to sleep and I was in one place and now I'm somewhere totally different. Yeah. yeah. A little bit jarring. And so yeah. what's his personality like? What is he like as a, as a toddler? Um, He's a super happy kid for the most part. He's, he likes to, he's a little bit of a daredevil in certain aspects, <laughs> which is funny because he's so scared to try to walk on the floor, but his favorite thing to do is to climb up onto the couch and then just let himself fall like he thinks oh. that's safe because it's soft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Really it's off the floor it. and it's not safe. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. Yeah, he's, he's a funny kid. He likes to sing lots of songs. He likes attention, like. He likes to make people laugh or talk to him and sing with him. Aw, that's yeah. so sweet. sweet. I just love that you're, um, he's just part of, obviously, part of your family, part of the typical things that you do every day. He's still mm-hmm. got, you know, the the sweet kind of funny toddler personality, um, you know, dealing with something that we couldn't even imagine not being able to see, I, I feel, would just be so difficult. But he's still just a happy but I wonder if kid. there's a gift in sort of like he he doesn't have a comparison. Right. It's not like somebody yeah. who was visual and then lost their sight. Right, right. This is just his life. This it is what is, all yeah. he knows. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it, too, is I think he will. I think maybe as he gets older and is maybe introduced to things through other kids or through his siblings, he might to start to feel a little bit of that jealousy or that why why can't I have things like that yeah but I do think for the main part is that this is just his life he was born this way he'll never know any different yeah he will be used to growing up and adapting things for him because that's just how it's always going to be yeah yeah and in today's world there are so there's such a focus on accessibility and with technology I think yeah, there are so many adaptive things that'll help him live mm-hmm. independently and successfully. And that they didn't have like years ago, right? Yeah. There's so many new things that come out all the time. Yeah. You had said that he uh, was starting now to get a bit frustrated at things. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? I just think I notice more that he gets a little frustrated. Like, you know, he knows when he's in his chair that food will go on his tray. <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah. he'll he can search for it and he generally finds it pretty easy but if there's like a piece of something that's just like a little too far and he can't find it and he knows that something's there or we're like oh there's still food yeah. on your tray then I just notice he gets frustrated that he and he'll be more like thrashing his hands around more like Aww, where yeah. is it <laughs> yeah um, so I just like little things where I notice maybe he's a little bit frustrated that it's not as easy <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I get sense. that. And you had made a post about him getting a, like an adaptive walker. Mm-hmm. So is that is that just to help his confidence in walking independently? Yeah. Like, does it help him navigate space without falling or bumping into things? He yeah, pretty much. We're getting it. We're not getting it till next week. It took forever to come in. It has like basically how I think of it is you know like the seat of like a jolly jumper type. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's like that attached to a walker. So if he mm. lets go of his feet underneath him, he's not going to face plant. Right. He'll just kind of sit there. Um, so I think once he notices that, that he will be more willing to explore knowing he's not going to fall over and he's not going to run into anything because the walker will hit it first. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and when it comes to adaptive things like that, are those kind of things covered through Alberta Health or is there an organization that you 
um, can get something like that through? It was partially covered through the government through Alberta AIDS for Daily Living. And then there was a portion that we had to pay as well. But we also, it's kind of, it's kind of odd because we're not even, we don't even technically own it. Once we get it, we have to give it back to them when we're done with it. Oh, right. Well, okay. I, mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. And like, what would you do with it after he outgrows it? After he outgrows yeah. it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, have, have you made a lot of adaptations to your home? Or I guess, do you anticipate you will once he gets sort of being more independently mobile just to set him up for success? Um, Not right now. We haven't really, other than like my husband built him a, a special bed that's on the, the frame is on the floor. Okay. Um, yeah. So like that's safer, but right now it's just baby gates and normal baby proofing stuff. Yeah. And then I don't really see a ton of adaptations other than possibly adding some labels to things in his room, you know, like on clothes and stuff so he can start to dress himself independently mm-hmm. or different some ideas I've seen have been like different handles for different rooms so that what the bathroom is versus the bedroom or whatever things like that right yeah Mm -hmm. and will you do you think you'll learn and teach him braille yeah for sure he will he will need to use braille me and my husband have started trying to learn it oh my god (laughs) Uh, good for you that's gotta be yeah We've worked on the alphabet. That's about all I've got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and especially because I've heard that because you have vision, you're like the tips of your fingers just aren't as sensitive. And so it Mm -hmm. it is harder for you to learn Braille because you just don't have, I don't know, like the sensitivity about it. Definitely the way that we know it is by our vision still is that we know this arrangement of the dots means this letter. So... I'm not sure we're definitely going to need a professional to help him learn Braille. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So when it comes to school and things like that, he'll, will he go to a typical school and, and possibly have an aide or what would that look like when, you know, he goes to start kindergarten? I think, so I think basically with a lot of kids that have special needs, they want you to put them in preschool because you have early intervention services from birth to age three and then everything you get is going to be through schools right so once he goes he'll go to preschool and he'll get puff funding okay um so he'll either there's like a couple preschools that are special needs preschools or he could get an aide to go in a typical preschool so i'm not quite sure which way we're gonna go yet um i'm i'm leaning more towards the aide because I know even in my experience with a lot of other people that I know who have kids that go to special needs preschools, they don't have a lot of education specifically in visual impairments. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So an aide might be better suited because they're just going to be focused on him and what he needs and not an entire classroom. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So he will basically have an entire team of people when he goes to like kindergarten up. And they'll have a teacher for the visually impaired is what he will, he'll get that will work with him to do everything in Braille that will help him do that. And he'll have like an orientation and mobility person who will help him learn the way around the school and work with like the white cane. So he'll have like a whole team. He'll have, I think, what is it called? An IPP or IEP, whatever, something an individualized education plan that will have like a team of people on it. And this is what we need to do to make him successful this year, basically. Yeah. Was there, was there a grief that came with coming to the realization that your kid has a disability and their future would be different than what you had hoped for them or what, what your plan was for them? Um, for sure there was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, And I think that for the most part, I'm like in acceptance now, this is just my life, but I still think that there are times when it still hits me and maybe that day it's just not a good day (laughs) Um, Yeah. because 
of course there like there's grief with anything you're grieving the life that you thought your child would have I think at first a lot of it was focused on little things like oh like he's not going to see a sunset and like he's not going to see that the sky is blue or like little things like that that are yeah that seem like a big thing at first and then it was more bigger things like is he going to be safe going out in public like the world Mm -hmm. is a scary place yeah yeah is he going to be at more of a risk to get hurt or Mm -hmm. is he going to be able to still have a family if he wants to would anybody want to be with him like those types of fears come in too even though you know he's two and I got a long way (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's because I think when you have kids you sort of just picture their life you know, you're going to go through school and get your license and graduate and go to college. Like you just set this society has set this path that you just put your kid on. But Mm -hmm. when, when something happens, that's going to just change what that looks like. I think that can be, I imagine that that would be really hard and there would yeah be a grief that comes with it. Um, So where did happiness is blind come from? Cause you've got a pretty big following. Mm -hmm. You've got a website. What do you sort of, what was your intention with starting it and where do you want it to go? So my intention with starting it was to connect with other families originally, Um, just try to find another mom or dad or whatever out there who could tell me something, like, tell me it's going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then my second reason for starting it was because I couldn't really find a lot of information or a lot of people when I was searching and I thought, Maybe in a couple years, once we're past this, there'll be somebody else going through it and I can help them. Yeah. So that was my main reasons for it. Yeah. I think that's so good when anyone, and we've said this so many times, that when anyone decides to share their story and their, yeah, just their day-to-day life that might not be the same as someone else's, you're helping people that you don't even know, right? Someone could come across um, your page on their darkest days, hearing that maybe their child was diagnosed with this and see that it, it can be okay and it's going to be okay. And there's resources out there for them. So yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I wonder too, I think it'd be interesting. I don't know for Timothy to sort of um, like find out about, you know, sort of like how you captured his upbringing and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Like I, I think cause a lot of your posts are really vulnerable and insightful into sort of your experience as a parent at any given milestone or day, Mm -hmm. which I think is really nice. And I think that was, that was one feedback I got from somebody once that almost set me back is that like, Oh, well, would you want him to see your post about how you were grieving about this or how it was hard or this or that? And I thought, right. Oh, maybe that does look bad, but really that's just life. Like like, there's good and bad days and it's all part of the journey. And I think that he will understand that we loved him through all of it. That was never what any of the posts are about, you know, like (laughs) because you had a hard time with something doesn't mean anything negative about him. So Yeah. Well, I just think you are like super woman because I don't know. Like, I know, like, what, yeah, what other, I guess I think, what other option do you have but to be strong and support your kid? But I think that's easier said than done sometimes. And um, I just think, like, you seem really young. You look like a very young. <laughs> I was like, looking at your picture, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so young. <laughs> um, and, you know, to have three kids and to be navigating this journey, I just think, I don't know, all the props to you. I think Absolutely. it seems like you're doing a really great job. And, it takes a different kind of strength, I think, to to be the advocate for your kid and to navigate everything that you've had to navigate. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, okay. it's been yeah. A, an interesting journey so far. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's only the very start. Like, he's just so little. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to have you back, like, when he's, like, six or seven and be like, how's it going? <laughs> How are things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is your biggest kind of messaging for people, you know, when they meet Timothy or when they see that you do have a child who's blind, what are you, what do you want them to know about him? Oh yeah, that's good. Um, I think I mostly just want them to treat him like a child. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, not, I, I don't 
I'm, I understand it and I'm used to the comments of, you know, hopefully one day they'll find something that can fix him or this or that. Oh, but that's not helpful. Just why? <laughs> like, yeah, there's no reason to say it. Just, yeah. Like, just treat him like a child. You can talk to him or interact with him normally. Instead, what I usually find is if people are commenting on something about him and I say, oh, he's blind. They almost seem offended that I said that. <laughs> I don't. Oh, wow. I don't understand why it's so. I do understand that it's odd, and like you know, I actually hadn't met a lot of people who were blind before I had him. Right. But you could still treat someone kindly, or you don't have to like look offended or like disgusted that I told you my toddler is blind. Like yeah. that. Uh, sometimes yeah. that hurts your feelings depending on the day. Some days I'm like, whatever, that's your problem. Some days yeah. I'm like, hey, like, he's still a kid. He's super cute. Like, you could still say hi to him and be normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Man, people. I know. Seriously. People <laughs> <laughs> Do people treat him differently? Like, um, are people, I don't know, I feel like they'd be awkward or if they're not mm-hmm. used to interacting with him? Yeah, I think um, people who are outside of, like, our circle mm-hmm. definitely treat him differently once they know or yeah they don't interact with him maybe quite as much because he takes a little bit to warm up to like a new voice or Mm, things like that and they're kind of they're like they don't think that he wants to play like the other kids do or that he you know like they won't say hi to him as much or things like that I noticed obviously with our family they're good but (laughs) yeah for some reason, I can just picture people talking like louder to him or something, like thinking that maybe he doesn't quite understand. Which oh, yeah, like speaking really loudly and slowly. <laughs> the amount of comments I get of people asking me if we're going to learn sign language just blows my mind. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and be like, well, I guess I could, but that wouldn't really help him. <laughs> like that is a strictly visual language. <laughs> it, it always, it always puzzles me when I get oh. the. Have you learned sign language? I'm like, why? that's amazing that's like when people ask me if my boy girl twins are identical I'm like "Mm, nope (laughs) there are some key differences yeah that's funny people are funny it's like they're trying to make conversation they don't quite know what to say yeah interesting yeah pretty much (laughs) awesome well Melissa thank you so much it has been so nice to meet you and hear about Timothy and LCA and I think the advocacy work that you're doing is really important absolutely thank you guys for having me on it was so nice to talk to you awesome thank you guys so much awesome have a great day bye you too bye bye Hey, Carling. Whoa, you always <laughs> throw me for a loop. I like take a breath in to say my, hey, Michelle. Yeah, but. Well, hey. You know what? Maybe don't breathe next time. No, <laughs> just don't breathe. <laughs> Melissa, thank you so much for yes. sharing your family story with us. And Timothy, so flipping oh cute. God. I think he looks a little like Jude. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know, maybe youngest. just because they're like similar ages yeah. and blondies. Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he's super cute. Your little family's adorable. And we're excited to follow along your journey on Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know. We're getting you know what we're... we didn't ask her, though. What? Is he going to get a dog? I meant to ask her that. Oh my God. Melissa, write in and tell <laughs> us are you going to get a dog for Timothy? Yeah. How stinking cute would that be? <sighs> I mean, honestly. Do Seriously. you follow Molly Burke? No. She, I would love to interview her. She is blind Mm -hmm. and she has like a degenerative eye disease. Mm -hmm. So she could see until she was about 14. Okay. And then she went blind and she is huge on YouTube. She does uh, like non-COVID times. She does big um, like TED Talk style. Oh, okay, cool. Like, what do you call that? Like a speech, like a... Lecture. Yeah, like a lecture. Yeah, Yeah. I don't don't know. know But she has a seeing eye dog named Gallup, and he's adorable. And she's on TikTok now, so she's been popping up on my newsfeed. But I'd love to interview her because she's a Canadian. And she does a lot of advocacy work for, um, like, accessibility Mm -hmm. and, yeah, just, like, interesting stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. So if you know Molly Burke, could (laughs) you get us in touch with her? Because now she lives in California, and she's kind of... A big, a big deal. deal. Yeah. <laughs> and we are not. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Well, um, as always, if you guys have not already and you're looking, you just touched me with your foot. 
<laughs> my God. I was like, do I just talk through this? But you're naked toe. Okay, but I did just have a shower. Okay, that's fine. You need to cut that toenail. I do. <laughs> How dare you call me out on our outro? Oh, God. Maybe okay. somebody. You should send me for a pedicure. Oh, my God. Well, speaking of supporting the podcast... <laughs> Um, if you guys are looking for another way to show us your support, um, well, okay, guys, there's a lot of ways to show us your support. Subscribe, leave us a review, tell everybody you know about our podcast. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> I want you to explain podcasts to your great grandma. Yeah, because she will say, where can I watch your podcast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, consider checking out our Patreon. So yes. it's a $5 monthly subscription. You get instant access to over 30 bonus episodes that you cannot listen anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's I thought where... you were going to say that you cannot listen to. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what where, a like, deal. <laughs> yeah, that's where our own trauma lives. And uh, we've had guests that request only to have their episodes on the Patreon mm -hmm. because it's a little bit more... I don't know. It's a little family. Mm -hmm. We've built like a nice little group of people that um, really that Frank support. insists we call septies. Yeah, I insist that he's just on board. I want everybody. I want all of our patrons to be called septies because they signed up for this, and we need to have a cute little team name. Yes, we do. Yeah. Anywho, Anywho. so check us out. Leave us a review. Follow us on all the socials: Instagram, TikTok. We're doing Facebook. lots of TikToks. Join our Facebook group. Yeah. We really should plan out these outros more. We're all no, over the place. No, I don't think so. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to touch you with my foot and it's had true. that organic reaction. <laughs> Is anybody still listening? Probably not. Well, then I hope you have a great day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you hope you have a great day? I do. I hope I have a great day. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.